Visit Wolfgang von Sprinkletoe's Pyrotechnics for all your fireworks and other assorted fire-based entertainment devices. Choose from the world-famous Sprinkletoe's Explosive Badger, or from a wide range of rockets, blinkers, flares, mortars, bangers, squibs, comets, candles, shells, sparklers, flashes, bombs, busters, and glow sticks. I heartily recommend that you frequent this establishment, as Mr. Von Sprinkletoes owes me money, after a rather large wager involving a garble toad and one of Mrs. Cockle's left-handed knee breeches. I'd very much like him to pay me back, but his business is not doing well after he accidentally blew up Lord Mucklejoy's privy on New Year's Eve. That stuff gets everywhere. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ. And with me is the birthday boy, my co-host, Peter Coffey. From the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Happy birthday, Peter. Thank you, Russ. Um, I'm uh, feeling good. Three times 13 is my age today. Because uh, it's your since... birthday, I have a special present for you. <gasps> what is it? We have a special guest, <sighs> all the way from America, what? who's come on especially to sing happy birthday to you. Yay! I don't... And because it's public domain, we can actually <laughs> sing the song now. <laughs> <Huzzah>! <laughs> Uh, no, we won't, we won't we won't put you through that, Peter. That would be a probably a torture one too far. And plus, the lag would not be very fun on that one. <laughs> I'm just going to pout now, just so you know. Uh, happy birthday, Peter! Thank you. There you go. All done. I haven't actually introduced myself. Hello, I am Daryl Mott, aka the Abstruse One at Abstruse on Twitter. I write the weekly News Digest column for Ian World. I do YouTube videos mostly about the history of tabletop games these days. Um, I also am a Twitch affiliate streamer. That is actually a new thing. I made affiliate last week. Nice. Um, and I am the editor of um, some weird podcast with a really long name. It's like Tabletop Morse Podcast. Talk unofficial thing. It sounds exactly. awful. So, so, so when we speak about Daryl, our editor, this is the guy that we're talking about. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> All right then, Peter. So, uh, what has caught your eye in the world of RPGs? What has caught my eye in the world of RPGs this week is a fantastic article from Lifehacker, which is how to play an RPG anywhere, anytime. Yeah, that's right. I, I said it. I just always have a pack of dice on me no matter where i go so oh huh. a pack of physical dice how very 20th century of you have you, have you got um, a little oh. have, you got, have you got like a little holster for them uh, yes maybe I, actually, I actually have i actually have one of those d20 spinner rings <laughs> that um if oh. you spin it it works as a d20 nice wow. I, I assumed you just had like a dice holster that you could have on your belt what what, what are those things well, i have one of those too what are those, oh, what, what are those things that like chewbacca wears and you have ammo uh, yeah 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 you, you yeah. get a dice one of those no 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 guys guys hear me out hear me out right what you do is you get like a bunch of those healing potion bottles uh which are like full of like the d4s and the 3d8s and whatever and you have a bandolier of those yes and then when you're role playing you're like yep and then like you throw them to the person and if they can catch it then they can use it as a free action. How about that? Best house rule ever. <laughs> mm, interesting. Are you with me? Come on, yeah. Okay, yeah, anyway, um, here in the 21st century, there are things called dice rolling apps. 
and one-page RPGs, uh, like Lasers and Feelings, um, my personal favourite, Honey Heist. You've got micro-RPGs, you've got All Out of Bubblegum, uh, you've got like uh, a, good day to the, a Good Day to Die, The Roll for Dead. Shoes. Roll for Shoes by our good friend, uh, Grant Harrett. Yeah, absolutely. There's all sorts of things you can do, and basically it's just like, you whack, pull up a PDF on your phone, you can like share it around if you like, you can do data rolling apps all off your phone, and if you're going somewhere about your phone, you have to say, are you really in a situation where you can RPG? Think about it. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's been very inspirational to me. Um, other things that have caught my eye are quite relevant. Is there's a the largest tabletop gaming convention on the south coast of England. Uh, that's going on Saturday, twenty third of March, StabCon South, twenty nine spring twenty nineteen, and the Southampton Guild of Role Players have been invited to come forth and bring the role playing game strand. So we're making preparations. Nice. For that. I know, it's super good. Hmm. Uh, Daryl, how about you? What's caught your eye this week? Well, what's caught my eye is um, I- I've been working on a new video uh, that's basically a bunch of trivia about the Dragonlance setting. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. And ah. its development history and everything else. And I decided to make a joke about don't tassel the Hoff. And oh. I went on Google Image Search oh. and tried to find an image of David Hasselhoff yeah, I can imagine. wearing tassels. Oh, And Darryl. I found one. So, so that image Darryl. exists, does it? <laughs> No one, no one needs to see this image. No, no, do not, do not search for it. However, I do have something else, something else that is related that is that will not sear your brain. Um, just as I was starting this video and yeah. I was writing the script and everything, Margaret Weiss started uh. writing uh, her history. Uh, she's re- been retelling on her Facebook page the history of the early development of Dragonlance, mm-hmm. and it's a l- it's a tiny bit annoying for me because all of this stuff that I had to dig through all these dozens of interviews and Q and A's and everything, she is now just splattering all over her Facebook page. <laughs> I had to do all this work to dig these stories up. However. It is a very nice way to find out all these stories about the early development of the Dragonlance setting in the novels and everything else. Nice. Nice. Mm. <laughs> and she actually posted one today that I did not know about, and I actually had to oh. add to my script. And But uh, Miss Weiss is an awesome person. She actually um, she, she had pictures accompanying it. It's about um, at Gen Con 1984, there was a actual, uh, to promote the novel, because TSR and Random House weren't really promoting the first one because they didn't expect it to be a success. Um, they uh, Tracy and Margaret actually put together a live reading like a kind of like a radio play uh, or a stage play of uh, oh. Dragons of the Autumn Twilight at Gen Con in 1984. And she posted some pictures of that and she actually was really, really nice and granted me permission to use those in my video as well. So, oh. yeah. what a lady. Fantastic. Talking of people posting history on Facebook, I've noticed Jim Ward does that a lot too. He was oh, yes. obviously part of um, Gary Gygax's um, gaming group and was around for many, many of the years of TSR. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been, I've been reading some of those. I've been really, really into, they're not long. They tend to be sort of like, you know, a couple of paragraphs, two or three paragraphs, but it's just like anecdotes about, um, life at TSR back in the seventies and the eighties. It's really, really interesting. Russ. Yes. What has caught your eye this week? So yes, International GM's Day, which is a day yeah. which celebrates all the game masters out there. Um, yes. was yes. actually started on my site years ago. Huh? Woo-hoo. And uh, in the early years, it was literally just an EN World thing until Drive Through RPG started having a sale, and then people started to sort of jump in on it. And uh, since then, it's become a major international RPG holiday. 
where there's lots of sales and people, you know, hopefully, they probably don't, but hopefully buy nice things or say nice things at least to their GMs. As someone who is always the GM and never the player, which may may be part of the problem is my initials are DM, but (laughs) I am very, very grateful because I have always felt that we are a little bit (laughs) underappreciated. Well, interestingly, uh, the Dungeon Masters Guild is also having a holiday on exactly the same day, which they're calling DM's Day. Obviously, that's a totally separate holiday because it's got a different name, but... They've decided, to, they've decided to put it on the same day as GM's day. Oh, I see. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yes. Very good. Yes. Oh, I do have one more thing, actually. I, I have to show you something. Hang on a second. Oh, this one is a visual. Yes, perfect for podcasting. Oh, Whoa. that giant book of sci-fi battle maps. Wow. Mad- that is huge. That is. So you, rem- yeah. you remember the giant book of fantasy battle maps? I do. So th- yes. this is the sci-fi version. I'll just flip. Kind of hard to do here through it mm-hmm. there we go so we got like um some kind of hangar bay of some kind there well uh that, the that looks like a that looks like a level from doom <laughs> um and then also there's some spacey ones as well which have hex so there's nice. an asteroid field Ooh. there and there's so, big so, hex filled with the milky way in the background so, so just so people that's, can get that's... some idea of the scale russ i mean um it's what it's like uh, ha- roughly how many um, squares by how many squares? How many squares by how many squares? So these are inch long yeah. squares. So it's yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 on the short side. Uh-huh. And then presumably 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 on the long side. Whew. So it's about uh, it's about half poster sized when it's opened up with both pages flat out yeah so yeah it's, um quarter it's quarter size basically if you if you took four big. four standard a4 pages or uh letter or size, legal size yeah it's four it's of, it's four of those foot. yeah it's yeah it's a it's a big boy is what we're yeah. saying yeah it's yeah, yeah. fantastic pretty lovely oh yeah like that yeah, so that, nice. that was actually sent to us by um oh. uh, loki battle maps because they uh oh. they uh heard that i really 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 liked the fantasy version and so they popped, they popped this in the post. So thank you very, yeah. very much to them. Shall we get on with the news? Yes, let's. News. All right, then. So, um, do you remember last week we talked about Ghosts of Saltmarsh? Ghosts of Saltmarsh? Yes, yeah. I do remember. And Amazon had just leaked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what happened, like, five minutes after our podcast ended? The official Watson <laughs> announcement of Ghosts of Saltmarsh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, how how do all these companies do this every time? I convinced they're spying on us. There's no other possible way this can happen. <laughs> People wonder why I post my column at like two in the morning, and it's because it's the only time I can post anything that no one is gonna snipe me with some news announcement. Well, anyway, it has it has officially been announced. Um, there's not a lot more information about it other than the fact that it has now officially been announced. Forty nine ninety five coming out. 21st of May. There is something interesting about it. You know, normally they uh, release it 11 days earlier in preferred stores. Uh-huh. Yes. They're not doing that this time. 21st mm. of May everywhere. There is an alternate cover, which you can only get at um, game stores. So that's how they're supporting the, the preferred stores this time around. So rather than getting a, a earlier release, they're just getting the uh, alternate cover. Actually, I prefer the uh, non-alternate cover myself, if you look at the two of them. Okay. I... I, I think the main problem with the alternate cover isn't necessarily the cover itself. It's more that the uh, the way it was 
kind of photographed. Mm. It looks kind of it's really hard to see in the press kits that Watsy released. Yeah. I mean, it's very brightly colored and luminous looking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I don't know. I definitely prefer the original one, the one with the ship and the big kraken and all that sort of thing. That's much better. Still on the Ghost of Saltmarsh theme. Uh, you know, yes. Dragon Plus, which is Wizard of Coast online sort of in-house uh, e-magazine. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the app, and it's also a PDF you can download yeah. from the website. And um, that has a, a sort of big preview of Ghost of Salt Marsh in it, along with a whole bunch of mm-hmm. other stuff. Um, they've got a big interview with Luke Gygax about Greyhawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, previews of Ghost of Salt Marsh, and uh, the magazine is getting much better than it used to be. I think because it used at first when it came out, and this is what two or three years ago i can't remember when it came out but um three years i think three years ago at first oh. it really was just like an advert for the D brand wasn't it and it was talking about it was like three articles a month and that was it yeah and lots lots of adverts for video games and things like that well as well as these days you get actual content so you, sometimes you get <laughs> yeah. adventures in there you get previews you get you know maps and things you can use all sorts of stuff so it's definitely definitely improved it's definitely worth checking out now because i know quite a lot of people at the time kind of checked out when it originally launched and pretty much gave up on it pretty quickly Uh so if anyone is one of those people i do think it's worth you know giving it another shot because it's definitely much 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 better than oh and it is free and available on um all the ios and android and everything else you can just get the app and check yeah, it out yeah so. exactly oh, nice, nice. there's no subscriptions or anything so ah. hmm. oh russ how are you doing with your search for em publishing's new part-time publishing administrator uh, i have got several applications i don't want Marvelous. to go into too much detail because i don't think that would be no, fair no. to them but um yeah i've got several af- applications uh applications close on friday i would note for those applying please 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 do take care of your covering letter friday 8th of march applications close for this job as a publishing administrator at ian publishing yes uh, covering letter very important very important in fact i would say your covering letter is probably more important than your cv interesting which would be resume for your americans yes. which well, no, no, um, doesn't really apply because yes. it is a uk position yes. yeah, no, no no americans are going to be uh i did i did get one person who uh emailed me and uh said i'm interested in applying for your job but could you tell me what hmrc is and i was like hmm. <laughs> interview fail <laughs> um, yes, i'm afraid you have not passed my friend if you don't know what the uk's inland revenue is called then perhaps this is not the job yes exactly because you'll be dealing with them quite a lot <laughs> hi Amer- american here what uh, you call it your, your, yeah your version of it's the irs oh okay uh, yeah her majesty's yeah. revenue and customs it's called anyway, what else yeah. news do you have Ooh, yes. more news young adventurers guides oh these yeah um, i think we Come mentioned on, I, haven't I think we have mentioned them briefly before but that was before there were sort of like covers and things and descriptions to yeah it was just a quick announcement yeah, they did, it was super uh, quick about six what, four months ago something yeah. like that well we've got definitely got announcements now so what we've got is the covers of two of them uh, one's called monsters and creatures and one's called warriors and weapons and the monsters and creatures book has a big red dragon on the front Warriors and Weapons has, like, an elf with a bow and a man with a torch and a sword there. Um, And they're they're designed for kids and just introducing the sort of concepts of D&D to them. So, um, you know, on a a sort of young adult kind of... I think it's pre-young adult, actually, isn't it? What's young adult? That's teens, isn't it? Uh, YA is uh, pre-teen to teen. Yeah, I mean, this is... is, Typically, these, 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 I think, skew quite young. 
Um, it's by the same people who publish Art and Arcana. Do you remember that great big book? Oh, oh yeah. yes, the, the big dragon book. Yeah, the same publisher, not the same the writer. Dragon Art, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> okay. really good. There's two more announced but haven't got covers yet. Are Dungeons and Tombs and Wizards Ooh. and Spells. Ooh, nice. Hmm. What else have we got in the news? Ooh, the Artificer. Yes, that's been that's been very exciting for a lot of people. Mm, yeah, so how did that finally come out? Yeah, that, ca- that also came out pretty much just after we finished recording, I think, last week. Yes, yeah. yes. It's, how um, did I miss that? It's an Aft Arcana, and they have taken out the gun variant. So now you have an artillerist who has all sorts of interesting turrets, including some healing, as well as some force and flamethrower damage, because that's that that's always screams a. Uh, high fantasy to me having a robot turret going along breathing flames over everything or you can have i think the alchemist who does something else hmm yeah, yeah. well this is a class that originally came from eberron yeah so ah yeah. uh, yes so oh, I, should, I, should, I should probably have a think about that i'm due to be playing an eberron game later this month. oh really i've never ever played in eberron I'd be interested in no, doing so at some point have you played in it before either of you uh, well not yet but i'm going to Okay, let me know. I have not solely because um, I, my, if I'm working with techno- uh, technology and fantasy, I kind of have my niche, which is something we'll be talking about later on in the podcast, <laughs> Shadowrun. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Yeah. Marvelous, marvelous. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, they also announced something else about Ar- Unearthed Arcana, or Arcana. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, normally they do it once a month, and it used to be once a yeah. month on the first Monday of the month. This month it got delayed to the last. That was uh, the end of February, so rather than rather than. They said they are still going to be releasing an Arcana, but so they're moving to a well, they call it a more flexible schedule. Um, so it'll still be roughly once a month, they say, but the day will be whatever day works best. Uh-huh. So basically, it's it's kind of gone more to a it will be done when it's done on a schedule. It will be on the first Monday of each month. You can have it when we feel like it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's it, sir. Yeah. Which, as much as I would like to have something that's a regular schedule, on the other hand, I'd rather them release something when they're ready to release yeah. it than kind of rushing something out. I mean, let's face it, it's free content, yeah. isn't it? It's not... Yeah, it's playtest, so yeah. rushing it out isn't a big, as big of a deal as, like, a main book or anything, but still... Yeah, you'd like it to be as close to what they think is perfect as possible. Yeah. Um, and just so we can avoid things like centaurs, who are medium creatures, uh, can have medium creatures ride upon them. Centaurs! Centaurs as far as I can see! An infinite stack! Sorry. Anyway, uh, we got there. Uh, I got distracted. So, any uh, more things? ballista. <laughs> <laughs> that only works if you apply rules as written and ignore physics. Right up until you start applying physics and start ignoring rules as written. Oh, yeah. So, still on D&D. Yay. <laughs> Uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Do you remember the big Beetle and Grimm's Platinum Edition of um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist last year? Oh, it was $200 or something because it included all the props in the world. No, no. $500. $500. I'm sorry. I thought, $500? No, that's ridiculous. What what can it feasibly be? No, $200. No, no. I'm sorry. You're correct, Al. I was wrong. No, no, here's the thing. I've actually broken down the old uh, the Waterdeep box set based on the contents that was in- included, the number of miniatures and everything else, and it is actually value for dollar oh, on that. Absolutely. If you're yeah. going to if you're going to buy just the miniatures, not even counting everything else, it is 
how much you would pay for that number of miniatures. Plus you get the adventure, plus the books, plus all the other handouts, plus the GM screens and everything else. So and the, well, the VR, yeah, the well, nice this printed one, out map. This one isn't uh, quite as ambitious. Uh-huh. Um, hmm. So this one is only $175. Hmm. Uh, and they've yes. called it the Sinister Silver Edition of Ghosts Ooh. of Saltmarsh. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, it's, it's similar in concept. It doesn't have any miniatures in it, but it's the main difference. Ah. So you've still got lots of handouts, documents, letters, battle maps, poster maps, encounter cards, pins, a special DM screen, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, but what you don't yeah. have is the miniatures, which I assume is what makes up for the big, big price difference there. It's $175 yeah. for this deluxe set. Ooh. Yeah. It's well, expensive, but, you know, it's a little yeah. more manageable, I think. But- but I suppose if you really liked the original Ghosts in Salt Marsh and wanted to really like lean into the new release for Fish Dead, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, then that would be really exciting. Mm. Yeah. Oh, um, have you guys heard about the Invisible Sun PDF release? Yeah, ninety nine dollars. Yes, mm. that is. I, I figured that would come up as a later news subject. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was it was well it was my lead story in news digest yeah so. i mean i've, I've seen oh, a lot of people sorry, complaining yeah. about it online but i really don't have a problem with it it's a lot of content that has actually become a big huge thing on social media it's, everyone yeah, is complaining about it i i absolutely have no problem whatsoever with the existence of luxury expensive deluxe products yeah, you know, is, i don't have a problem with the existence worse. of bmws i don't have the existence I, problem i've with, actually seen know. it in person yeah Oh yeah, no, it's it's quite a nice box. Um, chap I know has a copy of it, and like, but they're like a bit of a collector sort. Yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah, and it's like just they, uh, yeah, it's uh, what it's about about two foot by like another foot and a half. Mm. So it's like quite by uh, yeah, probably about another two foot. So we're talking like it's kind of cubish. Oh, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it looks absolutely lovely. Yeah, 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 and, and, and there's a lot of interesting stuff inside it. But I've never heard anything, and like uh, Andy Peregrine, who has been on the show before, um, he he's definitely a very big fan of it. Yes, but for is. me, it's never sounded like a game I would want to play. Mm. And certainly not at that price. Like, I mean, because there are so many RPGs out there that it just seems. Yeah, like... probably not everything has to be for everyone, though, does it? I mean, you know, that's very true. Exactly, and that's it's Monty Cook's right. If they want to make an a luxury product, that's their thing. I oh. personally don't like the idea of luxury products that are pricing people out but at the same time that's their right if they want to make that and at the same time it's not like they're ripping people off what you're paying for is what you get even in that pdf that pdf that 99 dollars pdf is one Mm -hmm. i mean there's a a strong argument that rpgs are underpriced anyway for what you get huge it is one thousand pages listed on Mm. drive through which that's spread across four different books plus 1,000 print-and-play cards and so much more stuff that's included in the box set. So it is worth every penny of it. Yeah, yeah. it's a problem with um, RPGs in general that it doesn't look like that. I mean, on the one hand, I absolutely acknowledge what you're saying. Price per page, fantastic value. But then you also have things like, um, you know, 420-page PDFs of extremely high quality and they are doing what uh twenty dollars so yeah but that that is underpricing it i think and i think that actually can damage 
the industry because when when everyone mm. is racing to the lowest price point, people freelancers mm. aren't getting paid properly. They're getting paid with yeah. pittance. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're getting yeah. paid like a penny a word and things like that. It's ridiculous yeah. because publishers can't afford to pay them decent amounts of money because people refuse yeah. to pay more than $20 for a 420-page per year. It's insane. Anyway. Anyway. Shall we do some more news? Anyway, news. News. Yeah. Stranger Things D&D starter set <sighs> has been unboxed in a video Ooh. by Wizards of the Coast Greg Taito or Tito. Taito, I believe his name is pronounced. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's, um, it's this very much, this is very much a visual news item. It's actually quite hard for me to, um, to cover. Um, but if you, if you put a link in the show notes, I took screenshots of each bit and then whacked them up into an article. So you can see, like, the box. Um, you can see the two miniatures, the two, um, Demogorgon miniatures. Basically, they're pretty much the same, but one's painted and one's not. Um, there's a set of dice. Uh, there's a starter set rule book with a whole sort of, uh, Stranger Things Demogorgon thing on the front. Uh, there is a adventure called the Quest for the Thessal Hydra by Mike Wheeler, who is obviously oh, one of the uh, characters in Stranger yeah, that's Things. Yeah, that's the uh, that's one of the main protagonists of the show. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. that's and that adventure inside it's written to look like it's his school notebook. So they've got they've used like a handwriting font and all the maps that like they're drawn in pencil and stuff. Uh, uh, well, then they got nice ca- then they got character sheets, I guess as you'd expect. And yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. That's uh, that's the Stranger Things box set. I, I I'm gonna get that. I just really like the look of it. I don't need another starter set, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I just like I like the look of it. And the starter sets are not. Well, the first one, was, the first one was so good. Yeah. The second one's. Oh, they're not be expensive. Just they're only good, like twenty dollars, so. aren't they? They're not. Yeah. They're not super expensive or anything. It's not like because um, like the Pathfinder starter set was about twice that. But obviously, you got like twice the amount. Uh, twice the amount. Uh, twenty nine ninety five was the man- manufacturer's yeah, price. But you got you got a lot more in that one though. Yeah, you got a flip map and you got the cardboard pawns. Yeah, yeah. I've got a new story here. ICV2, which is one of the uh, big tracking companies mm. for the tabletop um, industry, has posted oh, okay. their top five Ooh. best sellers of the quarter for fall of 2018. Can we guess? Let's, let's play a game. Should we guess? Because I haven't seen this yet and Peter hasn't seen it yet. So only you've seen it, Darren. Okay. okay. I, I have seen this and I'm going to tell you right now, you are not going to guess... All of the top five role playing games. Gonna guess I promise top, you. Am I going to guess the top one? Is, is it? You're going to guess the top one. <laughs> the other ones are going to surprise you. All right, no, uh, right. but so number. Go uh, ahead and number guess one. number one. What do you guys guess? Uh, oh, Russ six, first. Six, what do you? Well, that is, I have seen that these. Is, that is going to be D and D. Obviously, Dungeons and no Dragons from Wizards of the Coast is number yeah, one right. for fall of 2018. Right. So number two. So though. what do you guys think is the number two? best-selling role-playing game of fall 2018 through Hobby Channel Physical Media. Well, normally it's Pathfinder. Are we suggesting that perhaps it's not? Call of Cthulhu. Well, well for, first off, let's go with uh, Russ. What is your final answer? I'm going to go with Pathfinder still. You're going to go with Pathfinder? Yeah. Peter? Um, I, got, I got a good feeling about Call of Cthulhu. I think the Pathfinder spells are being split by PF2. I'm going to tell you right now, neither one of those answers made the top Five. Wow, go on. Oh, please be Savage Worlds. Number savage two worlds. is Legend of the Five Rings wow. from Fantasy Flight Games. Huh? Did not what see did that one coming. No, did not so, see that coming. Wow. All so right. let's go ahead and, like I said, they, there are a lot of surprises on this list. Uh, who, normally who this is really, really particular. This, yeah, the top, uh, the top three. Games. The top three is usually D and D, Pathfinder, Star Wars. 
almost always, and then the latest hotness yeah. fights out four and five. Yeah, yeah. and so this Legend one, Pathfinder did not five. make the list. Not at all. So, not at all. Oh. It is not on the top five at Gee. all. Wow. Do you hear that? That's the sound of minds being blown. That is my jaw hitting right. the floor. Yes. This is the wow. first of these lists that I have thought that it actually kind of blew my mind too. It is shocking. Ooh, wow. Now, well, I guess I know what the headline on on Ian World's going to be later today when we finish this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, number three then. Okay, so it's not Pathfinder. What's, uh, what do you think number three is going to be? Since Pathfinder is not on the let's list. Let's try Starfinder. Although that's a long shot. Oh. I don't think it is. No, I'm, I'm still going to stick Peter? with Call of Cthulhu. Because I don't think Savage Worlds is out. Although I'm tempted to go, well, I'm tempted to go with Warhammer. Actually, Cubicle Seven's new Warhammer. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy role yeah. yeah, strong choice. This is, by the way, this is for fall of 2018. For the record, oh, it won't be Warhammer so, then. That's probably release dates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Starfinder. Then I'm going to go Starfinder. Starfinder is not number three. Star Wars RPG from Fantasy Flight Games is number oh, three. Right. Yeah, it's, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Empire. I think that's nice. obvious now. I think about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Edge of Empire. Edge of Empire. <laughs> um, uh, all, all th- there's three different core rule books mm. for the game. Okay. Um, number four. I can't even remember number four, them all anymore. But number four, Peter, uh-huh. do you have a guess? Uh, still Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. uh, I, Call of Cthulhu I, is not in the top five. I told you this when you said it for number two. <laughs> I didn't hear you say that. I'm sorry, Darren. No, neither ca- neither Pathfinder nor Call of Cthulhu. So. That's why I guessed it for number three as well. Um, <laughs> so what do you think number four? Or num- yeah, number four. Oh, wow. Not Pathfinder, not Call of Cthulhu. Starfinder or what? No, Starfinder. Go on, Starfinder. Come on, Starfinder. Is Starfinder uh, in there at all? Hang on. What's Peter's guess? Um, I'm just trying to think what is sufficiently big. Hmm. What have I got going on? Savage Worlds uh, Adventure Edition won't have hit stores by then, will it? Well, well that, that, that's the thing. It's like, not... Not quite. Yeah, that, that'll be the... Your, 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 big, your big ones, 5th Edition, Pathfinder, maybe Starfinder in there, Call of Cthulhu, you've got Savage Worlds, except that's not, right, that, that's sort of midway. Um, okay, final answer, Peter. Six. Come on, we got a time limit. Come on. Uh, I don't know, Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> no, Call of Cthulhu. You just said The that. one thing ah. I said is not on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, hope, I hope you. I, it sounds like you guys are enjoying this game fantastically. I, I don't know. Seventh uh, C. Yeah. Okay. Number uh, four I, I, is oh, Russ got one right. Starfinder is number hey. four. Finally, Starfinder. What? I'm going to tell you right now. None of your guesses have been right for what number five is. I haven't any what idea. What do you yeah. think the uh, fifth best-selling role-playing game of fall of 2018 is. I can't think what else would have been big then. Because um, that's... Um, something from Modi Fierce, like Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, that's my guess, yeah. I will give you a hint. I will be saying the name of this through gritted teeth. Oh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess? Oh, no, it's, Not quite. it's a vampire, isn't it? Oh, vampire! There we go. There you yeah. go. Number five is Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. Uh, well, that is a okay, yeah. really surprising list. I can't believe Pathfinder's yeah. not in it. Dungeons and Dragons, Legend of the Five Rings, Star Wars, Starfinder, and Vampire, and Pathfinder has yeah. fallen off it looks like, completely. Yeah, it looks like Pathfinder 2 really has, like Peter said, split the sales completely. Okay. Cool. Speaking of uh, Legend of the Five Rings, Fantasy Folly Games has announced two new products for the line as well. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, one of them is a source book, and one of them is the adventure of uh, the Courts of Stone, the essential guide to castles and politics in Rokugan. 
That is a new book that's going to be talking about, you know, castles and fortifications and et cetera. It's another 144 page source book, full color, fantasy flight, amazing art. Uh-huh. That's kind of a given. Yeah, fantasy flight games always make things look good. Yeah, and that's going to be uh, second quarter 2019, along with Winter's Embrace, um, which is an adventure that includes a foldable map and tokens and everything else that comes with their normal adventures for uh, Legend of the Five Rings. Uh, Being invited to the Emperor's Winter Court is daunting enough, but an invitation to tea with a legendary member of the Crane Clan thrusts you into the thick of a devious scheme. Your group is tasked with uncovering the truth behind how a dangerous band of scoundrels from the Mantis clan secured a coveted invitation to the event and, more importantly, what plots they hope to accomplish while they are here. And uh, both of these, again, are going to be launched in uh, second quarter of 2019. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games is never really firm on their release dates because they're very much of the... They'll let you know when it's on the boat, when it's in the warehouse yeah, when shipping yeah. out. I'm, I'm a bit like that so, too, yeah. Um, oh, I've got a little bit of news. Mm-hmm. The Just Dread Kickstarter rewards are on their way. Uh-huh. So I received my my own reward, which is basically my test um, shipping copy, which the warehouse and the shippers sent me just to, so I could check the packaging looks okay, it all comes through all right, and everything's going according to plan, which arrived with me on Saturday. Oh, all yeah. looked gorgeous, all in perfectly great condition, nicely packaged, all absolutely fine. So uh, I immediately told the shippers, yep, and go for it. So this week, this very week, in fact, this is this is Monday when we're recording, but it'll be Wednesday when people hear this, oh. they are literally on their way physically out to, out to Kickstarter backers. Woohoo! Yay. Yeah! And also, I've released a new book. Oh! Oh, yes. Um... Well- uh, well, I haven't actually, but by Wednesday I will have done so. <laughs> 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 because I'm just... <laughs> I can't even it. It's called mm. the Galactic Sentience Catalogue. And it has... The Galactic Sentience yes, Catalogue. Yes, and it has... Oh, this! Yeah. This has been highly anticipated by a lot of um, uh, What's Old is New yeah. fans. Yeah, 50 new oh, playable sci-fi races. No. 50 new playable oh, sci-fi races. Alien species. Yeah. Oh, Nice. Yeah. And they're all sort of wacky ones and sort of, you know, there's plant-based ones and silicon-based ones and insectoid ones and uh, different mechanical ones and uh, there's a changeling in there, which is definitely not inspired by Deep Space Nine. And there's, you know, all sorts of different ones. There's a snaky one, which is able to wave its head back and forth and hypnotise people. There's a, a fungus one, which emits spores. So it's all kind of weird, <laughs> weird kind of alien races. They're not all just like humans with a couple of knobbly bits on their head. Quite a lot of them are, you know, completely <laughs> different different life forms. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay, and you've got 50 of those bad boys. Yeah, over 50, in fact. Over yes, 50. 50 plus. Wow. 50 yeah. plus. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure and that, uh, for the What's Holders new yes. system, that will be exciting. Yeah. I think is that it for the news, or is there anything else that we're missing? Well, I there is uh, one other thing that I know about. Um, it's something that was in the um, news digest. WizKids expanded their license on miniatures. Ooh. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, they have signed on. Uh, they did something similar with Wizards of the Coast, where they did miniatures for uh, Magic: The Gathering. Which is uh-huh. a game that does not require miniatures, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but they are now going to do standard twenty-eight millimeter 
you know, heroic scale miniatures for My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, and Transformers. Transformers. I want Transformers miniatures. I don't know what I do with them, but I buy them. <laughs> that has been the response of pretty much everyone I have that has seen this news story is I don't know what I'm going to do with Transformers minis, but I want them. <laughs> I want Take my money. Depends. What? My precious. What, what, what will they look like, though? Will they look like the old cartoons, or will they look like the Michael Bay ones? They are going to be both in pre-painted and unpainted formats, so it's up to you which one you want to pick. And it's the typical, I, I'm assuming it's going to be the typical uh, WizKids quality sculpts, which are kind of mid-grade when it comes to, uh, in terms of quality on miniatures. Uh-huh. And okay. pretty much, pretty much the press announcement hasn't doesn't really say much. It doesn't say how they're going to release them or when, other than sometime before the end of the year. Um, a lot of it is really pushing on. Um, basically, I think the Wizkid CEO is kind of uh, who's uh, Justin Zirin, who is he is kind of geeking out because he's getting to make Transformers minis <laughs> and GI Joe minis and My Little Pony minis. So right, okay, okay. Shall we play our favourite game in all the world? Okay. So our favourite game in all the world is the game where I give you the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what the Kickstarter's about from just the name. And because we're short, you know, we're running, we've been going on for quite a long time. I'm just going to do one each, if that's all right. Very well. So who, who, would, who would like to go first? Um, I shall go first. Oh, no, Daryl can go first. I was going to volunteer yeah. as tribute. Ah, uh, well, yeah, um, I, 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 do, I do have lots of experience, even if I don't have a great track record, so I thought I would I, d- I didn't want to break your winning streak from the last time yeah, you had a guest on, so... It, it's certainly a streak. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's long, it's wide, and it's very, very brown. Um, but anyway... Right, so we'll do it. We're doing Peter? Okay, Peter then. Hello. Peter, yeah. what is... I'm listening. What is... Yes? Conclave. Mm, an excellent name. Conclave. Uh, I am hoping it is a new RPG which is taking on how to roleplay wizards and only wizards, following in the shoes of Mage and Ars Magica, but with a new and exciting magic system. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's all about like a council, a conclave, if you will, of wizards all getting together, uh, having chats, and then going off and doing wizardy things uh which are not limited to the creation of owlbears um going on random adventures and dealing with the fundamental forces that warp reality itself hmm. that's what i'd hope for from a game called conflict well okay so um i will give you that it does involve a bunch of old men that claim to be able to do magic getting together and having a chat that much is correct. <laughs> uh, so Conclave is the papal election LARP. <laughs> you did not see that coming, did you? Oh, God. It's, I remember the, seeing this one. <laughs> it's the April election LARP. Papal. Oh, papal election. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. RPG. It is right. based not- off of a specific papal election that took like a week. No, it was like no, it was months. It was like three months. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a serious It was like the, the one from like twelve thirty two or something like that. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. it's it's a LARP. Um, you play as a cardinal of the church, determining who will be the next pope. Could it be you? A live-action role-playing game of the Papal Conclave of 1268. 
And like, I, I do remember this one now that I heard it. It's like they uh, they based it off of a real one where they basically locked all the cardinals in and said, "This because they took so long." Said, "Decide or you starve. Years, We're not feeding you yeah, anymore." The papal conclave of twelve sixty eight took three years, and yes. they could only resolve their differences once threatened with starvation. Yeah, I was going to say three weeks is not that long a time. But th- it's a pretty big decision. Yeah? So three, no, like, three, three. Once you choose your pope, th- three years. You're stuck with him. Peter, not weeks. Yeah, years. Yeah. Three years. Anyways, uh, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like three weeks. It's like, well, okay, that's yeah. that would be a long time for many things. But there's a lot of like things to go on. No, three years is quite, <laughs> quite a long time. time yeah. Sort of thing where you're like, yeah, no, no, seriously, guys, you've had long enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but three weeks. It's like, yeah, whatever. But no, okay. Anyway, so, um, so what did I get? Uh, I would say I'll give you two out of ten for getting the the concept of the the, the old men having a chat. Uh, okay. All right. Next one is this one's for Daryl. Okay. Okay. What is a lasers and liches? Lasers and liches. Oh God! I want to say I know this one too, but I can't remember what it is. But it sounds like this would be a um undead fighting. Cyber things, <laughs> undead fighting um, cyber thing. <laughs> That's the exact tagline. That's amazing. <laughs> Lasers and liches. Wait, are you kidding? No. Of course, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Okay. <laughs> well, British. I may have been raised on British television, but I don't quite get British sarcasm entirely yet. Um, but um. Liches and lasers. Dear God, I swear I saw this one already, but I can't remember a damn thing about it. So I'm just going to say um, undead creatures versus cyberpunk. Hmm. Um, every, uh, one side is all cybered out street samurai badasses, and the other side are undead hordes of magic users, and they fight. Hmm. So... Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you straight what it is. It's a campaign setting for D and D Fifth Edition. A campaign a campaign setting. setting for D and D Fifth Edition. Um, nice. uh, usual campaign stuff: races, classes, spells, monsters, all yeah. that stuff. Um, so um, I'll, I'll read the description. It is an unbound universe bursting with half faded memories, barely remembered songs, lost childhood friends, outdated styles, vapor wave. Is that meant to be vaporware? Vapor wave, abandoned dreams, lost playthings, vaporware, and time corroded nostalgia. Right. Okay. Expect neon swords, oh. code dragons, pizza slimes. Hmm. Nice. So. This is basically what a really, really hardcore stoner's idea of Shadowrun and Cyberpunk 2020 is. Yeah, but I think it's it's still set in a medieval setting from the looks of it. (laughs) Which... Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. No, maybe it's not. No. I I don't know when it's set. Uh, It's not not entirely clear. It says yesteryear, whatever that means. In the the long ago. In the long ago, before... Before the adults yeah. fell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, but no, I think maybe it's... Maybe, right, I'm maybe trying to remember my past. Children of the Corn catch lines, and I can't remember them all. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that, that, that's, that, it certainly sounds like a game, and uh, certainly sounds like an interesting one, so, yeah. Okay. Well, I think you two have tied this week. 
Oh, it's a day. Peter's streak is not broken yet. He has one win and 800,000 losses. Tell you what, should I do one more? And the, and the first one to guess it wins. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'll agree to that. Okay. What do you reckon, Peter? Cool. Yeah? Um, yeah? That sounds entirely right. Okay. Lunas, fangs at the gate. Oh, Werewolves. This is the exalted sourcebook. Oh, oh sh. <laughs> Peter. Pulls it out of the bag Peter's at the right. last second there. <laughs> you are correct. The second he, the second it came out of his mouth, I uh-huh. knew it. Yeah, well, this was a fingers on buzzers uh-huh. type situation. It was the first one, and. Uh... <laughs> Sweet. The run was a complete success. We got in and out of Hitoshi Plaza without a hitch. Now, Mr. Johnson paid us without complaint, and Omni Hyper Global Megacorp will never know it was us. Our payday is 300,000 new yen, but three ways makes 100,000 new yen each. Wally, you covered us electronically. Here's your 100 grand. Fizzbang, you provided mage support. So here's your 100 thou. There, we're all done. Uh, Yo, Wally, what's up? I get a bigger share. What? Templeton, it doesn't seem fair. Why don't I get more money? Oh, drop that. We all get equal shares. Yes, split three ways is the easiest and fairest. But, like, my expenses are super high. I've lost two drones, and my hacking deck was totally fried by black intruder countermeasures. I'm like... Out of pocket to the tune of 200,000 New Year. I hardly see your point. If you can't be looking after your little toys, that is hardly our affair. Hey, you can talk, Fizzbang. You don't have any expenses. All you do is suck up med packs. Well, I never. That actually is true, Fizzbang. I spent 400 New Year on healing kits just getting you back on your feet. Oh, which you have my undying gratitude, Templeton. I assure you. Yeah, and I lost my drones covering your sorry rears as you were exfiltrating. I mean, if we should reimburse Wally, then the least you could do is pay me Gentlemen, back. gentlemen, Wally, Templeton, this squabbling about money is unseemly. What is money, really, in the great scheme of things? Our payment for getting our asses shot off? Yeah, the reason we do this. Dang, Fizzbang, I'm beginning to think Wally's right. You should definitely get less cash. Give yours to Wally. Yeah, hand it over. Come at me, bro. Fireball! Look what I got. (sighs) What have you got? What have you got? <gasps> oh, that is the second edition this Shadowrun Sourcebook, and that is one that is actually intact. I haven't seen yes. one of those in almost 25 years, because cover. mine has not had its cover connected in 25 mm. years. Uh-huh. I remember I remember this cover so well. With the glorious Larry Elmore cover for the original first and second edition of Shadowrun. Mm. So, I guess the question that not not everybody will have heard of every role-playing game. So I guess the question is, um, what is Shadowrun? <laughs> <laughs> Shadowrun was a... <laughs> I, Shadowrun is kind of a personal obsession to me, and I kind of warned the guys on this. It's one of those things where you say, um, 
If you know that one person who does their wedding ceremony and they do it in Starfleet uniform and complete makeup and then they do the entire ceremony in Klingon and you come up to them in the ceremony and says, what do you think about this Star Trek thing? That's like asking me about Shadowrun. I am, it is one of my first really nerdy obsessions um, and Shadowrun as a role-playing game, it was originally released in 1989 by Facet Corporation, and the best description I have these days is The Dresden Files meets Blade Runner. <laughs> it is a mixture of urban fantasy and cyberpunk with a long and deep lore, and its books have always had deep ties to the setting and to its ongoing meta plot. Um, it takes place in a year that... Well, what you want to do is any book you grab for Shadowrun, uh-huh. look at the publication uh-huh. date, add 60 years and about six months, <laughs> and that is the time period for that oh, book. Yeah, yeah. Um, that has been kind of consistent along the entire line for the past 30 years, and this is the 30th anniversary of Shadowrun mm. this year yeah. as well. The, the phrase that I've always heard that best sums up Shadowrun to me is, uh, do not meddle in the affairs of dragons, for you're crunchy and taste good with ketchup. Very good. Um, that is one of the iconic statements. Uh, another one is shoot straight, conserve ammo, and never, ever cut a deal with a dragon. Mm. Uh, which, which just tells us that there are dragons in this setting, which I don't yes. think I remember hearing in the Dresden Files, although I might not be completely 100% up to date, because you've got orcs, elves, goblins, trolls, dwarves. Do you have goblins? You don't have goblins. Yes. But yeah. Not uh goblins are a sub race of orcs. Ooh. Uh which by the way, Shadowrun is one of the crunchiest of crunchy role playing games that is still in print. Um if you want to go back to the old school it it was about mid grade when it came out in nineteen eighty nine, mm-hmm. but by current standards it is crunchy 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 when it comes to rules it is really intricate and really detailed um but if you want to know what the basic premise of Shadowrun uh-huh. as what it is is it's a cyberpunk urban fantasy game uh-huh. in which the party is basically kind of a cross between uh mercenary black ops private investigators or just kind of straight up freelance criminals um and mostly what you do is corporate espionage uh the typical shadowrun adventure is you're hired by a mr johnson uh-huh. you are provide you are performing some sort of cha- uh, task that usually involves you sneaking into a secure facility and either stealing or planting a thing mm. and then escaping nice. in practice you're usually coming up with about eight different plans yeah. All of them backfire on you, and you end up shooting your way out anyway and blowing the whole place up. Rolling the Benny Hill and hope you get played copious in copious numbers of D6s. So many D6s. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so many. Yeah, the game system itself is, it's, it's um, like I said, it's very on the crunching end. It is a D6 dice pull system, oh. and it is the d 6 of dice pulliest games ever. Um yeah. You may see people making jokes about the number of dice you have to roll in other games. You will never, ever, ever top the number of D6s that a good character optimization person <laughs> will roll in a Shadowrun game. Because, oh, 
if you're rolling 80 d6 <laughs> you are on the you are on the upper edge of character Thank optimization God for dice rolling apps, eh? way beyond then i was just thinking that russ <laughs> yeah dice rolling apps do seem like you're fairing I still remember the day when I was running a uh, Shadowrun 3rd edition game. I went on Amazon and I was buying, not only with my dice collection over the two decades at this point in time that was going on, I was buying dice specifically for Shadowrun. <laughs> and I went, yeah. are 200 six-siders really mm. enough? Mm. Well, you got to bring some to share with friends. Well, it was for the whole table, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But... I have made characters where 200d6 is not impossible. I could have rolled 200d6s on a couple so, of rolls. Do you have anyway, a favorite edition of Shadowrun? I, when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons, I love every single edition. Every single edition has its own little flavor and flair. Uh -huh. For Shadowrun, it is the only game in which I am a grognard. <laughs> I will stand by Shadowrun 3rd edition. Oh. Uh, and mm -hmm. two reasons for this one mm -hmm. it's kind of my it, it is my personal favorite edition mm -hmm. but number two is also Shadowrun was my first role playing game mm -hmm. and Shadowrun 3rd edition I spent over a decade of my life playing that edition mm. of the game wow. so that is my favorite edition that is not speaking ill of Shadowrun 4th or 5th right. edition right. those are both really really good games yep. um Shadowrun, uh, the, the main big difference between Shadowrun 1st uh, through 3rd edition mm -hmm. and Shadowrun 4th and 5th edition is they made a switch between uh, variable target numbers and fixed target numbers. Oh, right. uh, and again, we're talking about the game system here. In Shadowrun 1st, 2nd, and 3rd edition... Uh -huh. Didn't hmm? they bring in, like, wireless, uh, wireless technology and well, so that was Well, oh, yeah, that was also... That was more of a lore thing that happened in 4th edition, but for a mechanical thing in... Uh, the thing that separates first, second, and third edition mm -hmm. is that you could, um, your gear and everything else, your spells, your powers, your cyberware, all altered the number of dice you rolled as well as the target mm -hmm. number in first and third edition. In fourth and fifth edition, the target number is set at mm -hmm. five. On a D6, you roll D6s. Every single five or six is a success. Mm -hmm. Everything else is not mm -hmm. a success. And all of your gear, your cyberware, your powers, everything else modifies the number of dice you roll mm -hmm. up and down. And 5th uh, edition um, added a new element to it called limits, mm -hmm. which limits the number of successes you're allowed to count on your D6 yes, pool. Quite important, uh, because otherwise you're just rolling big buckets of dice. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and it was the first major uh, kind of pushback against that. Mm. I'm rolling 84 D6 yeah. on a character out of character generation mm. it, it, it's a, thing it's, that was going it's a, on. It's a bit of a balancing mechanic that needed to be brought in. Um, but you mentioned the law, and for many people, that is the thing that really grabs them about Shadowrun. Uh, right. uh, so some people, myself included, uh, speaking purely from a position of ignorance, never having played the game properly, uh, so <laughs> really love the lore, but find the system quite inaccessible. I mean, I but I love the flavor and setting of it. I mean, um, Russ, what's your uh, favorite piece of Shadowrun, um, like sort of lore or thing that gets you excited? What's the, what's the concept about it that gets you excited? Well, specifically, I mean, I, I quite like all the different sort of archetypes they have in there. I know the archetypes aren't like classes in um, mm. 
in D and D. But I like things like you know the street samurai, and I like the idea mm. of the deckers and um, all the ones that inhabit vehicles. Mm-hmm. Riggers, is that what they're called? Yeah, yes, the riggers and yeah. stuff like yes, that. Riggers. So I just love all the different sort of archetypes and character types that you can have in Shadowrun. They're so much oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, oh the, the language is so evocative mm. as well. It's like you know street samurai. It really gives you that sort of like. 1980s Japan is going to be like the next big thing and take over the world. Yeah. But also on the street, you've got street samurai got, and, and like a decker, like really leaning into um, William Gibson's Neuromancer, mm. where you're going and ex- you're yes. playing your own game, basically, like exploring this sort of computer what, what, what's it called Daryl? the matrix or something the matrix. the matrix uh the matrix is a global this was the internet and again this game started in 1989 mm. before the internet was really a thing and it really predicted a lot mm. of stuff that came out of the internet um which was kind of uh, basically all of cyberpunk was kind of predicting a lot mm. of the stuff <laughs> that was going to end up extract extrapolating out which by the way i do want to point out Cyberpunk, the first edition of Cyberpunk came out just months before the first edition of Shadowrun. Okay. By like, I want to say three or four Mm. months, the two editions were came out. Which, by the way, the first edition of Cyberpunk Mm -hmm. was 2013, Uh not 2020. 2020 is the second edition of Cyberpunk. Well, Shadowrun isn't strictly uh, Cyberpunk, is it? Because it has magic in it, which is the big difference between it and Cyberpunk. So you've got, you've got wizards and you've got dragons and you've got orcs and elves and that sort of stuff, which aren't, you know, part of a... Yeah, it, it is kind of the biggest um, defining feature of a lot of the lore when it comes into it. Um, the cyberpunk and the fantasy both blend together as far as I could sit here for hours and hours and hours. I'm going to go ahead and plug a friend of mine, um, Opti, uh, from the Neo Anarchist mm-hmm. podcast. If you're wanting to know about the history of Shadowrun lore... That guy has a podcast who goes over almost by year and by segment. It is an absolutely amazing podcast. Chad, you are awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. You are, he is the guy that if it wasn't for Catalyst Game Labs hiring him to write uh for them, I might need to relinquish my title of the biggest Shadowrun expert on the planet that has never written for the game line. <laughs> See, my, my, my Shadowrun experience, like, I haven't really seen anything since mm-hmm. Fassa had it. Mm. Um, that's, that's, I've, only, I've only played it a couple of times, and these mm. were a long, long time, like in the 90s. So these were a mm. long, long time ago. Um, so I can, yeah, I, my memories of it are a little, a little faint and distant. Um, but um, yeah, it was definitely back when Fassa. Who had it after Fassa? How did that work? Because Fassa closed down, didn't it? Yeah, Fassa closed down. But where did the, where did the rights go after that? I actually just and let me plug my YouTube channel again. I actually <laughs> just did a video about uh, the lore behind BattleTech and BattleTech and Shadowrun are both the two biggest uh, properties that mm. came out of Fassa. Mm-hmm. What happened was in 1999. FASA closed active operations and then sold off of uh, the IP for Battletech and yeah. Shadowrun to WizKids, oh. who then sold, who were then bought by a... Uh, <sighs> I'm wondering how deep I want to go into this, because <laughs> this, this is a rabbit hole that I don't know how many people are going to yeah, be interested in. And also, we've only, well, well, that, that, and but, also we've that, only got that, about that, another quarter anyway, of an hour. It, so. it ended up, well, well, actually, to be fair, that... Pr- I got into Shadowrun in that I read the books that 
I read some of the books, not all of them, but there were some that were in the yes. library in the late nineties. I was like, oh, okay, this this is really cool. I like this. I like I like the cyberpunk. I'm loving the fantasy elements. Really innovative. It's the sort of very evocative thing that sticks with you. And then, oh, I can't remember when it was. You'll know this. Um, the the, the, the mm-hmm. hairbrained hairbrained games started bringing out hairbrained schemes. Hairbrained schemes. Yep. Started the, bringing out uh, Shadowrun Returns. Shadowrun Returns to Kickstarter. I was like, oh, that looks quite jolly. That was uh, 2013. I want to say. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I haven't looked right. it up in a while. Yeah. Uh, 2013, 2014. But uh, there have actually been several video games based off of Shadowrun. There was oh. a version in 1991 for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. A version which has one of the best soundtracks of any game ever in that era, in my opinion. Um, There was, in 1992, a version for the Sega Genesis. There was a Japanese-only version uh, that came out on the Sega Master Drive. And then there was uh, two PC versions, the Shadowrun Returns from Hairbrain Schemes, and then there was Shadowrun Chronicles, which actually takes place in the modern day setting. Uh, Shadowrun Returns takes place in the 2050 setting yes. of Shadowrun, which is the which is when it started in 1989, and then. Um, the Shadowrun Chronicles takes place in the 2070s, oh. which is where the game is now. Oh. And there are rumors that there was an Xbox 360 game that was based on Shadowrun, but um, never saw the light of that. There was, there was no Xbox game based on Shadowrun, just like there were no Highlander sequels after the first <laughs> movie uh, and the TV oh, series. I, I understand. Yes. Yes ride with you yeah anyway <laughs> but yes um that I, i've never actually had a chance to actually play shadow run i've played things which are shadow run adjacent um there's a yeah. lot because it, it, it's a very popular idea people really want to do things like that uh like there's the sprawl by powered by the apocalypse uh that seems mm-hmm. to be like relatively popular and you've also got um was it Shadowrun Anarchy, which is supposed to be... Shadowrun Anarchy was released by Catalyst Game Labs, who currently hold the license, which, by the way, uh-huh. the people who own the rights to Shadowrun, this is uh-huh. funny, is Tops, the baseball card company. They own the rights to Shadowrun, and they license it to Catalyst Game Labs. So, uh, I guess the question is, when when did the... Was mm-hmm. it the fourth edition? That's the latest. When did that come out? Fifth edition, Fifth edition is the latest edition that came out. Um, that came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Fifth edition tried to address some of the issues of the previous editions, where it was, like I said, those 80 dice pull things. Mm-hmm. Where if you you can build, you can still build in fifth edition a character that can do 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 dice pull, yeah, a rolling d6, but there's a new feature called limits. And limits limit the number of successes you're allowed to count yes. out of the numbers of the dice pool. You may roll 20 successes, but if your limit is three, you only get to count three well, that of them. sounds like poor optimization to me, to be fair. But yeah, uh, so one of the criticisms that you often hear of Shadowrun is that it's considered to be a very complicated game. And this is, it quite, is. quite crunchy. 
and thus might be considered inaccessible yeah. to people. I don't see. Uh, I don't see. Do you think there's any? I don't see crunchy the, as a criticism. It's a description. It's not a criticism. <laughs> well, no. Uh, in, um, in this case, that's like, that's, that's, that's like saying a chocolate bar is nutty. It's you know, it's not a, it's not a criticism, is it? It's well, a, it's a flavor. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, Russ. In this case, crunchy is. A criticism because Shadowrun is one of the, like I said, one of the crunchier games that's still on the market. It is, its character creation and its role system is about as in depth as champions or hero systems. You know, it's different types of games for different types of people, isn't it? If that is what you like, that's awesome. That is what I like like. it too. Like like I said, I am kind of, this is my system. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but. It is a thing that is a barrier, which um, they have put forward a um, Catalyst Game Labs put forward a narrative based system called Shadowrun Anarchy, which is a very rule streamlined system. It's very more. I don't want to say it when I say rules light and narrative, Uh I'm using that in comparison to Shadowrun. It's about as rules light as, say, Savage Worlds is, Mm. which is still not. As light as say fate or yeah, some of the other systems are going. It's yeah. not. It's still on that middle ground, mm-hmm. but on the same side, it still lets you jump into the sixth world and enjoy the system. Mm-hmm. What you were talking about, you uh, read the novels. I, I, I'm I, I read, is that right, I read, Peter? I read one of the, I presume, many novels that were out there. I am going to tell you right now. If you want the pure Shadowrun experience, track down this novel, Two mm-hmm. XS. By Nigel Finley. Nigel Finley is one of the legends of game design. He worked on Dungeons and Dragons. He worked on Shadowrun. He worked on Earthdawn, which um, Earthdawn was kind of uh, Shadowrun's pure fantasy pairing. Uh, Earthdawn is the fourth world to Shadowrun's sixth world, which will make sense if you actually understand the lore. Just quickly, Daryl, as we're um, coming up to the end of our time, what would be your mm. recommendations for how to how to get into Shadowrun for your aspiring new player? Because, like you know, you you, you played Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. It's been it's been cool, but you're sort of done now. You want to try something a bit more exciting. What what what's the top three things that you need to know to like get yourself into Shadowrun? Top things number one: watch um, heist movies. Uh, my biggest suggestion is the TV series Leverage. I have called out, and by the way, the uh, showrunner John Rogers has kind of confirmed that um, Leverage was at least partially based on hmm. Shadowrun. Um, Leverage is Shadowrun without the fantasy and without the cyberpunk. Hmm. Aside from that, number two... The way you would watch, if you're wanting to prepare for Dungeons and Dragons, and you would watch Critical Role on Twitch, um, there is the Shadowcasters Network. It is a Twitch channel that is devoted to Shadowrun. They do uh, live streams of um, Shadowrun 5th Edition, Shadowrun Anarchy, and other networks as well. And if you are really interested, there are quick starts to it. Shadowrun 5th Edition is one of the crunchier role-playing games on the market at this time. Um, Shadowrun Anarchy is a lot easier to get into. And if you're really wanting to get into the lore, I would highly suggest looking into the novels. Again, not only is this one of my favorite tie-in novels, not only is this one of my favorite cyberpunk novels, this is one of my favorite books of all time. 2XS by Nigel Finley. Yeah. 
Sounds great. Okay. Yeah, so, um, Daryl, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and your clear passion and love of Shadowrun. <laughs> Has ever been a pleasure, and definitely looking forward to hearing this podcast. Uh, I must say, the the ex, the the bonus content is absolutely packed, jam packed with terrible things. Yes, if you are not a Patreon sponsor, there's going to be a lot more, and I. I promise you, I am probably going to drop in even more commentary when I yeah. edit it to add in even more Shadowrun lore and explanations. Yeah, just, 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 just make the, uh, the, the Patreon one, Daryl's extended um, Shadowrun TED Talk. <laughs> Daryl's ex- extended Shadowrun yeah. version, the 16-hour-long <laughs> epic. <laughs> which of course you can find at patreon.com slash morris m-o-r-r-u-s uh, that, that, that all geeks out uh, about this week children uh, yeah no fantastic uh, yeah it's been it's been it's been a fantastic time i'm i'm definitely looking forward to coming back next week and doing another podcast how about you russ well you want to do another one <laughs> i know i know we've been, we're doing it for like six months now and some people say enough is enough, <laughs> but you know what? I don't think people have had enough of role-playing games. Well, next week we have got uh, Mr. John Dodd, who ah, uh, is John going Dodd. to talk to us all from UK Games all Expo. about conventions. So he's the floor manager at UK Games Expo, and he's one of the directors of Dragon Meat. Ooh. So he's a bit more Dragon Meat than he's UK Games Expo, actually. But um, he's involved nice. in both, and he's going to talk about the sort of conventions from the from the other side of the screen nice uh, yeah it sounds amazing okay right well we should look forward to having john dodd on next week yeah well thank you everybody as always for listening and that's it for another week we'll be back next week with our special guest john dodd uh but for today it's goodbye from me russ it's goodbye from me peace coffee from the southampton guild of roleplayers and it's goodbye from me daryl your editor um, you can find me on twitch.tv slash gamers tavern show where I will be talking more about Shadowrun, I promise. I'd like you. to see someone stop you. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. I genuinely believe that that was the most interesting, informative, and entertaining podcast I've ever listened to. What? No, I was listening to The Infinite Monkey Cage with Professor Brian Cox. The Morris podcast is rubbish. I don't understand why anyone would listen to it. I think I shall lock Russ and Peter in a tiny room and play Rick Astley's greatest hits on repeat to them for a week. Maybe that will make them think twice about not being the best podcasters in the world.